You're listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 118, featuring special guest J.J. Neiman of Broadway's Book of Mormon. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Don't forget that the theater industry is a business and it's all about branding and marketing. You can be the absolute best actor in the world, but if no one knows who you are and you don't know how to market yourself, what's the point? Learn how to easily define your brand and communicate it through websites, social media, headshots, resumes, postcards, and audition material by grabbing a copy of my ebook, Marketing 101 for Actors, an actor's guide to successful branding. Simply go to actoraesthetic.com shop to get your copy today. Hey friends, it is a brand new year and I am so excited to share with you this week's episode. It features a chat with a new friend of mine, JJ Neiman. JJ is a New York City-based actor, Broadway performer, choreographer, and coach. After growing up in Wilmington, North Carolina, JJ graduated in 2017 with a BFA in music theater from Elon University. Shortly after, he joined the Broadway cast of The Book of Mormon as a swing, where he has been performing for roughly the past three years. Now, before the pandemic, JJ was in the developmental workshops and the world premiere of the new musical Bliss, which made its debut at the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle in February. Most recently, he was involved in the online phenomenon Ratatouille, the TikTok musical, and performed regionally at theaters like the Muni, Pittsburgh CLO, Bay Street Theater, Art Park, and Grand Street Theater. Over quarantine, he recently became a TikTok creator, reaching over 550,000 followers and 100 million video views. Isn't that insane? (laughs) And it's all Broadway and theater comedy videos. We're going to cover everything today. TikTok, Ratatouille, New York City, Book of Mormon, college, you name it. We're chatting about it. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. JJ, thank you so much for joining me today. Are you, where are you right now? Are you in New York? I am currently in Wilmington, North Carolina with Uh, my parents. (laughs) And is that where you grew up? Yes, I grew up here since I was nine years old, I believe. Yeah, and I grew up doing theater here. Did you always know that you wanted to pursue a career in theater? I always knew that I loved theater. I was like, I used to go, my older sisters were in shows back when we lived in Annapolis, Maryland, Mm -hmm. and I would go see their shows and like meet their castmates and like go to their cast parties or whatever. And I was like, this is my community. This is what I want. And I, as soon as I was old enough, I did my first show when I was eight years old. So I just grew up 
with that as my community. Mm-hmm. And um, I always just gravitated toward theater and I tried to do as many shows a year as I could. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't really consider, I honestly hadn't even heard that you could go to college for it. People in my hometown just didn't like do that, I guess. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> yeah. So like it wasn't until like my junior year of high school that I was like, wait, I could actually do this. And then I was like, it was frantically kind of trying to figure out the whole, you know, the college audition process is absolutely insane. So <laughs> did you have, would you say you had like the typical college audition process? No, I mean, no. I kind of was a little, um, late to it. Um, yeah. I ended up using a coaching agency, which is very normal now, MTCA. Oh, I love MTCA. Yeah, they're amazing. And, and I really needed them to help like pick material to do I was like how do I even find a monologue like I had never taken an acting class yeah like it's crazy (laughs) and I love hearing that because like I feel like it's such a um structured thing now and it's like such a game and yeah it's wild what it's turned into but um but I actually didn't go the conventional way because like my parents really wanted me to go study academically like they supported me totally but they also like we just didn't really know enough about these school theater programs so I only auditioned for like three schools and so I really winged it and I just got really lucky and as soon as I got accepted to Elon I was like boom I'm going like I knew immediately wow yeah wow did you apply for other things too like besides musical theater stuff were you yeah yeah Yeah, I applied to a bunch of different schools in North Carolina and got into some really good schools and also like you know but like random ones like I come from a family (laughs) a lot of my relatives and like my cousins and uncles and grandparents all like went to Princeton and like Ivy League schools so like my dad made me apply to Princeton even though I was like I'm not gonna get in there like I'm smart but I'm not like that smart (laughs) and also like I can't do theater there really I mean like they have some but not really so yeah there were a lot of schools I applied to out of obligation but I was like if you let me apply to musical theater schools sure I'll apply to some of these other ones too you know yeah exactly exactly yeah. so then I mean so you went to you ended up going to Elon for music mm-hmm. theater how do you feel as though your training at Elon prepped you for a career now in theater I think it prepared me really really well I'm yeah. gonna be honest when I got in there I was like, oh my gosh, like how convenient there's like a really amazing <laughs> theater school like three hours for me like perfect I got there and I was like hold on. Like I was so in over my head and I, I spoke about this actually yesterday. I was on an Instagram live with like artists and beyond their Instagram stories. And, um, (laughs) and the guy who was interviewing me was so surprised that like I, cause I, my TikTok would lead, lead you to believe that I'm very much a theater kid and theater nerd and love. And I like knew nothing like Patti Lapone who like, I don't know her. Like I didn't know anything about the history of musical theater, any, but like, so I felt like Because in high school, I was very much like I was on varsity soccer team. I was in choir, student government, like six AP Uh. classes. Like I was doing everything. So I really was just doing theater for fun. And so when I got to college and it was like eat, sleep, breathe theater, I was like, wait, like there's so much that I don't know. And I really genuinely am someone. I, I think there's some people who maybe can move right to New York when they're 18 and kill it. Like there are people who do that. I was absolutely not one of those people and I I really am someone who's a big advocate for training and like taking your time because I know for a fact I could not have sung eight show weeks with my vocal technique before I went to college I had really really bad vocal technique and would lose my voice a lot and um I wasn't very like flexible I didn't and again I hadn't taken an acting class in my life and I like didn't have Mm -hmm. a lot of ballet or like technical dance training I just had a lot of like kind of the raw skills I guess Mm -hmm. um and I'm so happy that Elon was able to see that and take me in even um, though like I 
felt like I was like in over my head at first. But honestly, I picked the school because it was so like felt like a home and like felt very safe. And like there were when I was there, there were three women running the program basically. And they were like our moms. Like they were just like there was such a motherly like nature to that program that I really thrived in. And obviously schools are always going to have their ups and downs and their positives and negatives. Um, but I truly felt very, very prepared and kind of like the whole process of, of our senior year really led me to my Good. career path, which Good. really helped a lot. Good. And then when you graduated, what was your transition like? Because I know that you booked Mormon shortly after you graduated so we like at elon bring um casting directors and agents to campus which i remember when i went there i was like so jealous of the schools that had showcases i was like why do we do this but honestly it works really well it's just like a unique oh so so wait so elon doesn't have a showcase in new york no so what we do is i didn't know that i know it's kind of weird so we bring like 10 to 15 different people, which by the way, we raised the money. So my class, Ooh, like we were putting yeah. on cabarets, fundraisers, oh. going around. Like we actually came, to, all came to my hometown and performed at a dinner theater here and put on a whole weekend of shows and raised like $5,000 in a weekend. Holy like, crap. Yeah. Wow. Like we were doing a lot of stuff. So we had to raise close to $20,000 and we did Whoa. in a year. Um, and so we brought to, and obviously had some assistance from our, our faculty in the school, but like for the most part, it was, it was us. So, um, we bring like some agents, mm -hmm. we bring basically someone representing each of the big casting offices in New York. Um, and so I was in front of Stephen Copel who yeah. like works, yeah, who works with roundabout Jim Carnahan casting and he's an associate of Carrie Gardner who casts Book of Mormon. Yeah. So um, I did also sign with my agents from there. And we do also, over spring break, we do like a 54 Below show where we invite like 10, 15 other agents as well, like the ones that we don't invite to campus. Um, so that's kind of become a whole event too, like a <laughs> mini showcase almost. So anyway, so I signed with my agents over spring break actually. And then um, unrelated to that, I got contacted directly by Book of Mormon Casting to submit a self-tape for the show. Okay. And actually five or six of my classmates did too. And so we all yeah. had to submit like packets of um, like, you know, sides, scenes, like a song of our own, tap, all those things. And then we all actually got callbacks to come to New York um, in person. Uh, mm -hmm. And that happened to be the Monday after we graduated. So I literally packed up my apartment um, in my little car, drove it to the airport and flew to New York for like a few days. And I had a little carry on and I got to New York, did the callback and it was basically all the same materials. But then we had like the, you know, uh, dance combos and all of that dance call. Mm. Um, and I did really, really well and then got a callback again for the next day. And I didn't know at the time that they were even like, they didn't tell us they were looking for anyone immediately. You know, they're always building files for tour yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Cause I think actually for you, we, we both graduated. You, you graduated in 2017. Mm -hmm. Me as well. I think that the, I think some of my classmates as well were called in around that exact time. And I think it's because they're always looking for, yeah. for people for that show. And they need to because you need mm -hmm. some really specific performers for this show. So when you had to do that packet, were you being asked to do anything specific or even when you were called in, were you asked to be doing anything specific or because I know that you eventually became a swing? Yeah. So I was kind of doing the, all of the ensemble stuff. Um, okay. I think I did one of the McKinley scenes too. Yeah. Um, and then the, the specific thing that I had to do was at the second callback, 
um, the the dance captain who was teaching us all the dances took us uh, three of us into a room and taught us an extra combo. Oh and God. I, yeah, and like he was like, okay, fifteen minutes. Like he just like basically taught it and was like, this is just to see how quick you're able to pick this up. And I later learned like that was the swing test mm. to see how detail oriented we were, how quick we could pick it up. And I think they were a little apprehensive to cast a 21-year-old. Um, as a swing, too, As a swing. Know? It's a lot. It's a lot. They even called yeah. the head of my program, and, like, she texted me and was like, did you recently go in for this casting director? I was like, yes. <laughs> like, I just did. And so they called her because they were like, can we trust him? Like, what's his... How was he at school? Like, is he organized? And I was her assistant. <laughs> so they, she, she was like, she yeah. Had only good things to say. <laughs> yeah, she was like, he will show up with color-coded notes. He will be on top of it. And I was like, okay, you spoke it into existence. <laughs> but because of that, I knew I was probably going to get it. And then I didn't know for sure because they still had to, like, send it, the videos to people and have people sign off on it. Yeah. So the next day, I still actually went to, I had a call, uh, uh, invited call for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for like yeah. an immediate replacement. Uh-huh. And, um, and I went in and I absolutely sucked in that audition. <laughs> <laughs> and I got cut immediately and I was like, see, this is more what I expect from New York. Oh. Um, and it was, it was humbling because I was like, okay, I just nailed something and that shows that you're right for some things yeah. and you're exactly what they need, but then not for others. And I left that getting cut and I had a voicemail from my agents that I had booked Book of Mormon and they were like you'll start today at 3 p.m. in the music room. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. And they were like yeah you're just gonna show up to the theater today sign your contracts and start learning the music. (laughs) I was like what? And I didn't live there. I had to cancel like four months of stuff and I had to find a place to live. I had to ship my key back to my parents so they could drive two hours to the airport to pick up my car that was sitting in the airport. When you booked this and then you were like, oh my God, I need a place to live. Where, what did you do? Like, did you end up like subletting somewhere? Did you get a place with friends? Like, I'm just always curious about this because yeah. I feel like it's not really talked about, you know? Yes, for sure. I ended up uh, getting a sublet yeah. and it was from a castmate. It literally was like God, the universe, like whatever. It just like all worked out perfectly because um, this guy that I had, uh, you might know John Bat. Um, he went to CCM, but he was going out to Vegas to do a show for six months. Mm-hmm. And he literally posted on Facebook like the day that I found all this out that he needed a sublet. <laughs> and like of he course. booked something last minute too. And Whoa. he needed someone to move in in like a few days. And I was like, yes, like me. And it was a perfect, perfect cutie little Upper West Side like moment with two roommates and mm-hmm. um it worked out and like I'm still friends with both of them they're awesome um so that was yeah. but that was like crazy and luckily uh, up until then I uh one of my friends from college Julian who actually is viral on TikTok as well he imitates all the movies and lip syncs to them in the, all the different wigs like he uh, recreates the, the wigs scenes. yes yeah mm-hmm. so um he his parents live in the city and they were so nice and they let me crash there for a few days until I found a sublet so oh, I did great. have a place to be for a little bit but yeah great oh out. gosh okay so my next question would be I would love to talk about TikTok because uh-huh. I know it's a huge jump from Book of Mormon to this, um, but I mean, you did spend some time at Book of Mormon, so you've amassed, you know, quite a following now on TikTok. Do you remember your first, like, viral video? Mm. I had some that did, like, semi-well here and there. I think one of my first really, really viral ones was um, when I pretended to be, like, the server at Denny's when all of the theater kids come in after their show and they're like, tell me more, tell me more. And, like, I think people really liked that. Um, 
<laughs> but then it, my following really started to take off. Like, I feel like I went from like 50,000 followers to like 200,000 in a week because of my Whoa. mic on off videos. Yes. I, brilliant. I didn't think, I didn't set out to make that like a series, but I remember I, I just like, it came to me like randomly one day I was like thinking about the show Waitress and I was like, all of the ensemble, they are, first of all, chilling. What a dream show to be the ensemble. <laughs> and half the show, they're just like sitting in the booths in the back of the scenes. Yes, like, pretending just chatting. To talk. <laughs> and like, I was like, what do you think they talk about? And I was like, oh, well, probably like what we do at Book of Mormon, but they actually have time to sit and have full conversations. Whereas in Book of Mormon, we can only say like quick little quippy things here and there. Um, <laughs> and I was like, wait, that would be such a funny video of like when your mic is off. And then it just like took off. And then like it really took off when I did one that was a quick change version where people were like, wait, you actually have to still sing sometimes when you're doing quick change? Like, yeah, girl. Like, yes. Yeah. And I think the reason it, like, I think a lot of people think they're very funny, but also it kind of pulled back the curtain. Broadway feels like such an elite thing, but yeah. it's like, first of all, no, we're all goofballs. We're all theater <laughs> kids and theater nerds. And we're all just like silly and having a good time. And when you do a show every day, you're comfortable enough to play around a bit. And, um, I think it kind of pulled back the curtain. No exactly. Obviously, you had a bunch of theater kids who loved this mm -hmm. because they connected with it so <laughs> much. But then you also have people who who maybe even haven't even seen a Broadway show, but they just have this idea of what it could be. And then for you to actually pull back the curtain and say, no, 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 this is how it really is like. Like, we're not all like robots yeah. on stage, you know? It's yeah. that's really special. So how do you how do you go about what's your it's so funny even asking this, but it's so true. Like, what is your creative process for this? Like, do you have a, a note section on your on your phone? Mm -hmm. Yes. Every time you I do. see some a video or I'm talking to someone and something comes to my mind, I immediately write it down. Yeah. So that I can remember it for later, especially with the mic on off things. Also, sometimes people will be in my comment section like, oh, my gosh, please do when someone accidentally coughs or like when someone like forgets a line, like they'll give suggestions of what they want to see too. And so I'm like, let me write those down. Yeah. Um, but honestly, most of the time when I'm making these videos, I have like one idea in my head and I am like, okay. And I just go in and I kind of like improv. Like I literally come up with it <laughs> on the spot of like, oh, like I could talk about this or, oh, let me do one of me like running through all the stairwells because you have to run. Yes. Like, you know, like all of those kinds of little things. I kind of just wing it on the spot. Brilliant work. I'm obsessed. I love it. I've been obsessed since probably you joined, which was when? Like the pandemic? Yeah, it was like April. <laughs> oh my gosh. March or April. Yeah. Wow. And you now have something like what? 550,000, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy, really, crazy. really crazy. So that leads me to Ratatouille and how timely it just happened. So uh -huh. explain to someone who might not be on TikTok mm -hmm. what this whole phenomenon is around Ratatouille and TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can. <laughs> yes. Watching it happen, I was like, wait, like, what is going on? So first there was that that girl, Emily Jacobson. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and she was the one who had the like, maybe that a day. Mm -hmm. and, and so I just saw that, or I honestly saw people using her audio. Mm -hmm. And I was like, at that point, didn't even think about it, but I was like, that's so random and funny. And Gen Z's <laughs> humor, it's just to a so T. Random. So random. It's like they love funny. like just random niche humor and then making something of it. Yeah. Um, 
like the like it took too long it took too long like those moms or like the zoop commercial like the 12 days of christmas anyway the my for you page is also all over the place so um <laughs> but tiktok is amazing like i literally love it so much so um so yeah so then dan mertzloff who ended up like arranging the whole show basically or yeah. being one of the core people who did that um he made that full corral sound yeah. um of the finale that became like the most viral sound i think and i saw that when it only had like 10 or 15,000 views, I think. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. And I was like, I need to use this and turn it into like imagining it in the rehearsal studio. So that was the first time I got involved. I made like rehearsing Ratatouille on Broadway. Mm -hmm, I remember. Yeah. And like all of the different (laughs) characters and whatever. Uh Um, And that really, really, I think blew up his sound. um, Mm -hmm. Because that video got like 1.5 million views or something. And then... Um, from there, people started using his sound and then started contributing and writing their own songs for each character and all of these creators. And honestly, only like nine or 10 of them were in the Ratatouille musical, but I think there must have been dozens and dozens that they had to pick from Mm -hmm. of what they really wanted to include the best, the best of the best songs. But so many people wrote parts of it, um, which was so cool to see. And I didn't even see all of them. I just saw, you know, some because there were so many. Um, And then... Um, how it kind of came to fruition, I believe the production company, Seaview Productions, like, saw this happening and they brought it to Disney and they were like, listen, you should do something with this. And Disney was like, um, like, we're good, but you can give <laughs> you our blessing. If you do it like a benefit concert, sure, go for it. Um, because wow. they had no plans to do anything with it. And, um, and so CV Productions, which, you know, for those of you who don't know, did Slave Play this past season mm-hmm. and Seawall Alive. So they're more new and up and coming. Um, and then they just assembled like a huge team, an orchestra, video editors, music editors, music arrangers, orchestrations, and obviously a cast. Um, and it all happened so last minute, which is so funny to me because there's some... Some negative criticism online because some people thought it was a fully staged production. I was like, Mama, we are in a panorama, <laughs> pandicia, pandemic. Like, this was last minute. And they mm. asked us all to do it, like, the week before Christmas. And then the week of Christmas, we had rehearsals. So I I was the only person, I think, that danced and sang. And I got asked, actually, separately to do that. Like, the choreographer just reached out to me <laughs> to do it, which was really cool because Eleanor is um, someone I've auditioned for, like, three or four times for wow. her shows because she has been an associate for like King Kong, Head Over Heels, Reefer wow. Madness, Cats. Yeah. Um, and so she reached out to me, which was really cool because of TikTok. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, we rehearsed on the Monday before Christmas. I had a three-hour dance Zoom call and a two-hour music rehearsal. And the music, they sent us the music like the day before and they were like, okay, so the music rehearsal consisted of them being like, okay, you do tenor one here, also record two vocal parts here, and everyone cut off on four here, and dynamic this, and okay, you have this solo, you have this solo, and we just wrote it all down and then recorded it separately with our microphones and GarageBand, like recorded our raw vocals and sent them in, and then had to record some lip syncing videos, I had to record my dance videos, Mm -hmm. and it was like, we had two days to to turn those videos. That's... that's insane it was crazy that's nothing like even a you know even for you jj i know that you immediately found out about book of mormon and you're mm-hmm. like okay now i'm in this this is crazy like, and like the week of christmas is... i was like wait like huh? I, when am i supposed to do this like it was wild <laughs> yeah gosh so i think that that is just such a testament to 
all of this, obviously, but such a testament to the work that you are doing online. I mean, even down to your website. I don't know if you designed it or you had someone else design. Did you design your website? It was it was co. My friend Monica helped oh me God. spruce it up, and then I took her design and kind of like have changed it and added things. Beautiful. But Thank really, you. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, holy crap! So, so I mean, I really it it really does stress the the importance of an actor's online presence and how you can mm. make opportunities for yourself even during such an awful time. Um, why do you think that that an actor's online presence is so important, especially right now? For sure. Um, well, first of all, I want to say same goes to you because I knew exactly who you were when you reached out because I've seen some <laughs> of your blog posts, like I've seen your TikTok and also like knew you had a podcast. So you've made a name for yourself too. So I want to commend you on that. Um, Thank you. Of course. I. Um, it is really important. I mean, <laughs> the crazy thing right now is that I am someone who I really respect people who are like, I don't really do social media or like, I'm not really like, I try to stay away from it. And in normal times, work, love that. Yeah. Um, especially if you're busy, you're grinding, you're doing shows, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But the, you know, it's a flip side because social media can be kind of, not kind of, it can be toxic. Mm. And there is a lot of negativity out there and a lot of depression and anxiety around it. But it can also be used, which is why I love TikTok so much. It can be used for creativity. And this yeah. Ratatouille musical, first of all, is a testament to that. And um, seeing the kind of like creativity and just like humor and like every, you know, the fact that I've been able to bring joy to people and a smile to someone's face or someone who misses theater I can yeah. do it from my bedroom and like make them remember like oh my gosh yes I loved doing shows when I was younger or, oh I love I still love theater and I can't wait to get back to it like that is so special to me and that means the world and I, I just think it is important to put yourself out there you don't need to have a huge 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 platform obviously that like can be a great thing and it can you know be an asset and it has been for me and I'm, I'm realizing that now. Um, but I rejected that for so long and yeah. I, I used to have a YouTube channel when I was younger. I mean, I still technically have the YouTube channel, but <laughs> I took down like all those videos. But when I was like 12, 13, 14, I was building a following, but I couldn't handle like the cyber bullying and, and some of the hate messages. And I also thought like, this is cringy. And when I go to college, I don't want to have to keep up with this and people are going to think it's stupid and silly. And like, here I am 10 years mm -hmm. later doing that and people are loving it. And it's gaining me this entire presence that being a Broadway performer would have never gotten me to be perfectly honest. I'm That's reaching insane. way more people than I ever would have. Yep. So it's like, you sometimes just need to like go for it and do it because I was so terrified on TikTok to make my first video where I was using my real voice instead of lip syncing to other people's audios and stuff. I was like, I hate my speaking voice or singing voice. Like, I don't want people to hear me. Like, people are going to make fun of it. And then I just did it. And sure, maybe there are some hate comments out there. Somebody somewhere thinks I'm annoying. Work. Love that for them. Um, <laughs> it's not for you then. But like, you have to... Like it's you have right. to, you're absolutely skin. right. It's not for, it's not for them. And that's, that's no something you have to get used to, you know, cause it's crazy. Do you still have any sort of negativity that comes around anything that you're posting? Do you still have people like that? Like you did, like you mentioned with YouTube and you just have better tools now to deal with that. Yeah. I think some of it is just kind of comes with age to be honest. Yeah. Um, but also 
I've been doing a lot of therapy this year and I'm like mm. a very, very big advocate for that. And I genuinely feel like I, this is kind of a realization I had this week because yeah. I was actually faced with a few very hateful things that happened and even someone accidentally texting me one of my videos that they were like, oh, I literally can't stand him. And a fellow actor in the community who I've been in auditions with and stuff and totally out of jealousy. And we actually came to a really good resolution and had a very adult conversation about it. Mm -hmm. But I have realized through this time that I am learning to dissociate what I know is true about myself, my heart, my kindness, my spirit, and my talent, and my self-worth, and separating that from someone's perception of me, what they think that I am, if they think I'm a type of way, or braggy this, or like not talented, or whatever, or annoying, mm -hmm. like I'm able to separate someone, what someone perceives me as, and like who I know at my core I am, and not letting that get shaken, and I genuinely have not been able to say that my whole life. Um, wow. So that's something that's really, really cool. And I want to encourage anybody out there who's like listening that is like second guessing, putting themselves out there. It's it's that I've also realized that somebody somewhere out there is going to have something to say no matter what you do. You could live the most introverted, reclusive, hide away from the society life. And someone somewhere is still going to have something to say about you, good or bad. <laughs> And so you can't run from that. You can't let someone else's perception of you or what they think about you affect your self-worth. Um, so why not just put yourself out there? Why not? Why why hide your light under a bushel? Like let that just exist and and see what happens. Because when you open yourself up and put yourself out there, people will respond positively to that if you're being genuine and you're ex being exactly who you are. So... That's kind of how I feel about that. Wow. That was, I mean, really well said. You know, when I first started <laughs> Actor Aesthetic, I was nervous that it was going to be who I was and mm. not, I, would, I wouldn't be able to separate it from who I was as a performer as well. But then I would have certain people as it started to gain traction in my life that I thought were, were friends um, start saying like little things like that, just mm -hmm. little, little comments mm -hmm. here and there, like, oh, like here she comes actor aesthetic. And it's like, yes. You know yes. I mean? And that happened to you know? me in college as well with certain classmates sometimes would whisper yeah. something in my ear during dance class. Cause I was getting asked to demonstrate mm -hmm. or I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> when I was in book of Mormon, it was amazing for so many reasons, but I was so young going into it. So A, sure. I was a little too like eager and like bright eyed, bushy tailed that I was just a target for people to crap on and be like, sit down little boy. Like, meanwhile, I was just like so excited to be there. Yeah. And I kind of honestly had my spirit crushed for a little bit in there and was really, mm. really depressed. And um, I, again, was letting other people what they say about me. Like I was letting that affect like my experience in life. And I just really, really can't stress enough that like you have to kind of um, find your own self-actualization and remember yeah. who you are at your core and not let go of that. And that goes with anything that goes with, you know, the comparison game mm -hmm. of looking left and looking right and seeing what this person is doing or what that person is doing. It's the same thing there as well, where you have to feel confident in yourself and your self-worth. And that really comes with time. You had also mentioned therapy. I mean, there mm -hmm. are excellent ways to to reach that, but it certainly takes time, especially in this business. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
Yeah. JJ, I just wanted to say thank you so freaking much for joining me today. This has been so lovely. Um, I know things have been crazy with Ratatouille, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> hey, I think it's we'll fantastic. We'll take it. We'll take it. Like, yes. No I'm amazed complaints. at what happened with it. Like, Gosh, who knows what's going to happen from here? And I, I saw hope. something, too. I saw that just, I mean, just the other day. So I don't even know what the number is now, but it looked like the other day um, y'all had raised like over a million dollars. Yeah. It's like over 1.25 million now or something. What? Like, it's crazy. I am floored. I am so floored. But I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time and sharing a little bit of your story. It's been so lovely. Of course, thank you. I'm honored to be on Actor Aesthetic. Yes! So fun! If you enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, bringing you behind the scenes of the theater industry. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.